Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. everybody wherever you're tuning in from uh, we're excited to be here for a live show here on Wednesday March 29th 2023 a distinct honor to bring to you Pastor Michael Cummins coming to you from England and brother Michael welcome back my friend thank you very much Shannon it's great to be with you I can't wait we've got a great broadcast for you today and so we hope you'll invite a friend uh, brother Michael would you like to open us up in prayer yes certainly Father God in heaven, we pray for all the listeners now. We pray for them all. And Lord, if they've got sickness, if they're being tormented by demons and evil spirits, if they've got any trouble at all, if they've got debt or poverty, insufficiency or lack, if they're worried about their job prospects, whatever their problem is, we pray, Lord, that you will meet all of their needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for all of them to be blessed today. And at the end of this show, they will feel a lot different. We pray, Lord, that you will touch them and anoint them all with your wonderful peace. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Sorry about that. I had to adjust a, uh, a soundboard right. setting. Okay. I got it fixed. Uh, everybody, welcome. Okay, we're ready to roll. Praise the Lord. Brother Michael, the microphone is yours. Take all the time you like. Thank you very much, Shannon. Great to be with you again. Uh, I get many requests from people asking me to do the shows on certain subjects, and I've had many requests uh, to talk about the Jezebel spirit, talk about Jezebel in general. And uh, is there such a thing as a Jezebel spirit? If so, what is it? And what relationship does it sustain to the spiritual gift or the ministry of prophecy? To answer this, we must turn our attention 
to the letter Jesus wrote to the church in Thyatira. Now let's talk about Thyatira. Thyatira was the name of an ancient Greek city in Asia Minor. Now it's a modern day Turkish city of the name of Akisar, which means White Castle. If you go past Greek Orthodox churches and you look at where the titles are of that church, you may well see the name Thyatira. It was the name of the ancient church in Greece. But we're going to start off by looking at Revelation 2, verses 20 to 23. And Jesus is speaking to the church in Thyatira. And he says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and then that, that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. And if I kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at this Jezebel. Now you might have seen something that may have brought a query in your mind that they're talking about a Jezebel or someone named as a Jezebel in the church in the book of Revelation, uh, Revelation 2. Well, Jezebel or the woman called Jezebel was a female member of the church at Thyatira who was promoting destructive heresies and teachings and leading many into compromise. She was a real person, but we're not sure if Jezebel was her actual name, because we think by then anyone who committed these sort of acts was given the title of being a Jezebel. So it might be symbolic. It's hard to imagine anyone naming their daughter Jezebel. It's a bit like someone having a son and naming him Lucifer. The name Jezebel has in fact become a byword for wickedness. Thus, what is meant by that so-called prophetess was a wicked and dangerous influence in the church in Thyatira. As Jezebel had been in Israel in the Old Testament. Now, I want to tell you something funny. When I was a small boy, in our old house in South London, we had a big what we called a radiogram. They don't make them anymore. They were huge wooden uh, radiograms with a turntable to play records and really big booming speakers. And my mother had a lot of old 78 records. And I used to listen to it. It was before the years of rock and roll, before the years of Heartbreak Hotel by Elvis or Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley. And she had one record that I used to play time and time again. And it was written uh, 
and sung by a guy called Frankie Lane. That wasn't his real name. He was an Italian, but he was a massive singer in America just prior to the rock and roll uh, breakthrough. And he sung a song called Jezebel. And I used to listen to this song all day long. And the first line used to say, if ever a devil was born without a pair of horns, it was you, Jezebel, it was you. And I used to listen to this and I knew all these words. And I remember going to my mother and saying, who was Jezebel? And she wouldn't tell me because I said, well, who was Jezebel? But I never knew. And it was only later where I put the two things together, the song by Frank Elaine and the teaching in the Bible. So anyone who's regarded as having a Jezebel spirit, shall we say they lead people into compromise. They promote heresies and untruths. They use their sexual prowess and they use a spirit of seduction to tempt people into listening to what they've got to tell them. Jezebel will always stand against someone who stands against her in the church. For argument's sake, a pastor who is strong in the Bible. Jezebel will also lead people into division. I've seen this before. I've seen pastors who were good pastors who preached the proper word of God. But someone with his Jezebel spirit preached, if you like, division in that church said to people look i know another church the pastor there's better he gives you more freedom he preaches more a liberal uh, version of the bible and they try and lead people away to go to that other church jezebel and they're very dangerous once they get in a church they can cause all sorts of problems Let's read about the original Jezebel, because the original Jezebel was a thousand years before the book of Revelation. And we're going to go to 1 Kings 16.31. That's our first scripture. But according to 1 Kings 16.31, Jezebel was the daughter of Ethbal, and he was king of the Sidonians. Now, the Sidonians lived in modern-day Lebanon. They lived in a place called Sidon, which was approximately 25 miles from the modern-day capital of Lebanon today, which is Beirut. And Jezebel was betrothed and married Ahab, king of Israel, largely because of her influence in seeking to combine the worship of Yahweh the God of Israel, and the worship of Baal. She wanted to join the two together. She wanted to do that. And you see, unfortunately, Ahab was a weak man. He had fell for her seduction. He had fell for her good looks. He had fell for her charms. First Kings 16, verses 31. Hallelujah. And it came to pass, as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. Verse 32, and he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. Hallelujah. 
So Ahab was a weak man and he was led by Jezebel and he was influenced by her. And this is the danger. He had mingled the worship of Yahweh, the God of Israel, and he mingled it with the worship of Baal, which is very dangerous. Let's have a look at 1 Kings 16, verse 33. And Ahab made a groove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So God was very angry with Ahab, but Ahab didn't care. He was under the total control of his wife, Jezebel, under the total control. Let's go to 1 Kings 21, and we're going to read the whole uh, 1 to 10. Hallelujah. And it starts off, Naboth refuses Ahab his vineyard. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, and I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will Give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, Proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high amongst the people and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and then carry him out and stone him, that he may die. Hallelujah. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles, who were the inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And it was written in the letters which she had sent unto them. 
they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high amongst the people. And there came in two men, children of Belial, and sat before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. And they carried him forth of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Hallelujah. You can see the devilment. You can see the deceit. She wrote letters in her husband, Ahab's name, and put his seal on those letters and sent it to the noblemen of the city, saying, proclaim a fast, and claiming that Naboth was in fact a blasphemer against God. And they sent these two people, and they took him out and stoned him to death. And that way, after the killing of Naboth, his vineyard was confiscated and given to the king of Israel, Ahab, the husband of Jezebel. So the evil had started, and this evil was carrying on. Let's have a look at 1 Kings 19 and see what's happening. Hallelujah. Elijah flees to Bathsheba. Jezebel started exterminating and executing all the prophets of God. They had spoke against her. They had stood against her. She didn't like it. So she killed them. She had them killed. Now Elijah, a mighty man of God, God's main man, he became frightened and he fled. He fled. He was terrified. Let's have a read what it says. First Kings 19 verses 1 to 3. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I will not thy life as the life of one who then by the morrow and about the same. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. I'll continue to read. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now. O oh Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because thy journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of God came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the 
children of Israel have forsaken their covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after that wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so. When Elijah heard that, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entering in the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken their covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be the king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king of Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Menorah, shalt thou anoint to be the prophet in thy room. And it sh shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And that who escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left these 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto bow, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. You see, Elijah was so frightened. Jezebel was a terrifying woman because she was so ruthless in what she'd done. And she killed all the prophets of Yahweh. But as God said, there were 7,000 who didn't bend their knee to bow. There were 7,000 who now Elijah can go back and call in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray now. We pray that if there's any Jezebel spirits in your church, anyone that's ever influencing your church, anyone who's trying to create division against the pastor or the elders of the church, that you will recognize them, that God will give you discernment, discernment that you can recognize and you can start praying against these. Jezebel was eventually killed. Her death came as a result of being thrown from a window and she was then trampled by a horse. When an attempt was made to recover her body to bury it, it was discovered that the only thing left was her skull, her feet and the palms of her hands. According to 2 Kings 9 verses 36 and 37, she was eaten by dogs. So she had a terrible death. Hallelujah. So let's have a look at 2 Kings 9, verses 36 and 37. 
Therefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah, the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And the carcass of Jezebel shall be dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so that they shall not say, This is Jezebel. So, Elijah the Tishbite had given prophecy that she would be eaten. But, as when an evil spirit comes upon a person, that evil spirit will leave before that person dies and will affect others. So, you see, people who was afflicted and affected by the influence of Jezebel, that spirit, that spirit of division, that spirit of seduction, that spirit of manipulation, that spirit of control, that spirit of domination would have gone on to her. Now, was she a prop prophetess? Many people said she was probably a believer that just took the wrong course in life or just wanted to praise others. Uh, they say that the second Jezebel, the one in the church in Thyatira, spoken about in Revelation 2, said she was a born-again believer that had just gone astray. But we suggest that her behavior and beliefs are an indication that whatever claims she made to being saved and born again and prophetically gifted were, if we like, were lies. This isn't to say she didn't have supernatural power operating in her life, but it wasn't a supernatural power that came from God. We believe it was a supernatural power that came from the enemy. Let's have a look at Matthew 7. Matthew 7, we're going to go there now. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at what it actually says. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. Matthew 7, verses 21 to 23. Not everyone that saith unto the Lord, 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 shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And in the area of prophecy, I have seen many people that have left me feeling, woe. some of the things that they've said. What they do, they take the word from the Bible, they take a written word and they manipulate it and add things to it and take things away. I remember going to a church once. I was asked to preach and a young gentleman, he wasn't very old. He only looked about 18. He went forward and they asked him. He said he had a word from God. And the word from God was about the end times. And we all know we're in the end times. We all know things are happening and things may happen very, very soon, and we've got to be prepared for any eventuality. But this young man said, in a football match, you pay normal time, this is 90 minutes, 
and then you play extra time. Then you play extra time. Please forgive me. My phone's ringing. I'll keep talking through it and uh, it will ring off in a minute. Uh, I'm in the room with the computer and unfortunately the phone's in the room there. So let's turn it off now. Let's turn it off now. There we go. Sorry about that. And this young man said when you play a football match, you pay uh, regular time, 90 minutes. Then you pay extra time, which is 15 minutes each time. And then you take penalties. And please forgive me. Please forgive me. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I know it's someone who's ringing for prayer. I'll ring them back later. Hallelujah. And he said, we're currently taking penalties. In the length of mankind, we've played normal time. We've played extra time. And now we're taking penalties. And I listened to this and I thought, well, this is really drivel. Because we know we're in the end times. And what he was actually doing, he just took an end time message and dressed it up and made it sound like a football match. And many people do that. And that's not prophecy. Let's have a look at Acts 16, verses 16 to 18. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command me thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now, if we have a look at this damsel who had the spirit of divination, she never said anything against God. She never said anything about Paul and those who followed Paul. She actually said, these men are the servants of the Most High, which show us the way of salvation. So she was saying things that were godly. But she worked for her masters, and they gained much by her divination. So what was her soothsaying doing? I suppose, if you put upon it in a modern context, she was telling people what to buy and sell you could see that she may have had an insight into the modern-day stock market and she would tell people what stock to buy, what stock to sell. So people was making profit and gain out of, our sooth, out of her soothsaying. Hallelujah. So Paul listened to her and he tolerated her for a while, but then he commanded that spirit of divination to come out of her. You see, Paul was a real man of God and he knew the difference between prophecy that was revealing the plans of God for then and for the future and for those that was using prophecy to make financial gain. And he did that and he cast that spirit out of her. Let's have a look at 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 9 and 10. Second Thessalonians 2 verses 9 and 10. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan 
with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of uprightness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. I'll read 11 as well. And it says, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion and they should believe a lie. And we're talking about the Antichrist here. And when the Antichrist is revealed, he will prophesy things that people want to hear. He will prophesy them. Now, I think the Jezebel spirit works very powerfully in a lot of the prosperity ministries. A lot of them. Now, I'm not against prosperity teaching, providing it's done properly. And a lot of people do prosperity teaching just for gain, not for holiness, not to regard God, just for financial gain. And I think Jezebel works in those areas. Although the first Jezebel had been dead a thousand years, her spirit, as it were, had found new life in the second Jezebel in the Greek church of Thyatira. She even may have been a leader of hostess of a house church in that city. But what did she advocate to lead her being labelled with this horrible name, a Jezebel spirit? It's likely that she exploited the commercial prosperity of Thyatira to justify and subsidize her immortality and that of her followers. So in other words, she exploited financial gain. We think she did that, and that's being done in the modern day church today. Again, she exploited financial gain. The complaint of the Lord lies in the unhealthy degrees of toleration granted to this woman. When it is said you tolerate that woman Jezebel, the implication is that the church in general did not accept her teaching nor adopt her lifestyles, but the subsequent mention of her lovers and children indicate that a number in the community had done so. These would have formed a distinct group within the church and the church as a whole was content for them to remain. You see, when you get division in a church, sometimes a pastor may be frightened of facing up to the people who are bringing division in his church, and he might keep quiet, hoping that it would all go away. And if he does that, people with the Jezebel spirit will prosper. Let me tell you the sorts of things that happen in a Jezebel spirit church. The pastor may teach something, something that in the Bible is true. It might be the end times. It might be heaven and hell. It might be the final judgment. And the Jezebel spirit will spread amongst those who don't like that message. You know, God, God is not going to send you to hell. Don't matter what you've done. God is a merciful God. God is a forgiving God. And this is the sort of doctrine that's going to be spread. Another doctrine that will be uh, spread within that type of church. Are you married? No, I've lived with my partner for 20 years. Well, God will see that the same as marriage. You've got nothing 
to worry about. You've got a couple of children, haven't you? Yes, we have. Well, God's not going to uh, blame you for not being married. You've brought your children up godly. Yeah, you've done nothing wrong. And you see, Jezebel will eventually come against the word of God. Another thing that Jezebel will speak against is homosexuality. Uh, before I joined the current church I was in, uh, the elder of the church baptised a homosexual. He baptised him in church. I didn't know this, know this. For some reason, when I joined the church, this man stayed away. He wasn't a repentant homosexual. He was still a practising homosexual. I made it very clear in the church and I quoted the scripture from Leviticus. Man should not lay with man as man would lay with a woman. Some people got very angry with me. They said that I was judgmental. And that's the Jezebel spirit. When somebody stands against the actual word of God, and we know that in the days we live in, we know certain lifestyles are accepted, even in the church. But when you stand by the word of God, as I did, I became very unpopular. And people started, if you like, plotting against me in the church. I made it very clear very clear that this man shouldn't have been baptized. He should have repented the sin of homosexuality before he was ever baptized in the church. The Jezebel spirit will advocate, you've got no right to judge that man. You should meet him out of love. And the Jezebel spirit will use the word love, meet him out of love, you know, and uh, Jesus would meet a man out of love. Well, I believe if Jesus had met a man who had been a homosexual and in biblical times, that would have been punishable by death. I think Jesus would have told him to go away and sin no more. Another thing about Jezebel, she has a presumption of God's grace, interpreted his long suffering on approval of her simple ways or at least his indifference towards her chosen paths. In other words, Jesus will allow you, because if the end result is you're bringing souls into the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter how you do it, as long as you do it. So for argument's sake, there used to be Christian groups in the 60s where young women would go out. I think they were called the Jesus children. And young women used to go out in miniskirts in provocative clothing. And they used to bring young men into the church by using that seduction and that level of temptation to bring them into the church. So they become born again. Now, they believed that that was acceptable because the end result was souls were coming into the kingdom of God. God is holy. Jesus is holy. We should never do anything ungodly. When it speaks about fornication with Jezebel, I'm not sure whether it actually means physical fornication or a spiritual fornication. But Jesus accuses the Jezebel in the church of Thyatira of fornication. So we know that Jezebel does very bad things. Was Jezebel a Christian? The second Jezebel we are. Her judgment is said to come in the form of personal sickness, disease, 
or physical affliction of some sort. Jesus says, I will throw her into a sickbed. That's language which is reminiscent with someone uh, being punished that was imposed on the Christians at Corinth who had persistently abused the Eucharist. Let's have a look at this. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 30 to 32. You know, when we read the Eucharist, it says that we can't abuse the Eucharist. Let's have a look. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 30 to 32. For this cause many are weak and sickly amongst you, and many sleep. But if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. And Jesus used that against the Christians in Corinth, who had persistently abused the Eucharist. Another thing, Jezebel is accused of by God. My servants are guilty of sexual immorality. And that is, I believe, they was having sex outside the marriage bed and Jezebel was tolerant of it. Also eating food sacrificed to idols. Now, I might be very unpopular what I'm going to say, but when I first came to the church in North London, people in the church was eating halal food. They was going to the Muslim food shops and they was buying halal food. And I spoke to them about this and they looked at me as if I was mad. And I always remember many years ago, I was used to pastor on a Friday night, a church in Croydon, which is just south of London. And there'd been a week's uh, fasting. And I was asked by the pastor to go in and uh, finish the fast and pray for the fast to end. And when I got in the church, I got in the church early to put out chairs and to do all this sort of thing. And a lot of the young men of the church were sitting in there eating box of, boxes of chicken. Now, the fast wasn't even over. It was going to be over in about two hours' time. And they were sitting eating boxes of chicken and chips, French fries, from the halal food shop. And the pastor said, don't have a go at them, don't have a go at them. And that is the compromise we mustn't have in the church. Halal food, when it is uh, killed, when it is slaughtered, is slaughtered and the Quran is played as they slaughter the meat. And they nick the jugular vein and it's a very slow death to start. The animal, assuming it's a lamb, doesn't even realise it's been cut. And when there's sufficient blood loss, its legs give way and it falls to the floor. That is sacrificed food. Christians have said, no, it's okay. What you got to do if it's put in front of you? He said, you've got to bless it. But I don't agree with that. I do think of one man many years ago. I am a plumber by trade, though I haven't done any plumbing for a number of years. And I was asked to put a central heating pump in a man's boiler. And I went there and I remember going to see this man. And he was a Muslim. His wife wasn't. I think his wife was Dutch or French, but he was a Muslim. And he said, will you have a curry with us? And I turned around and said, is the meat halal? And this man said, no, no, I thought that uh, 
you might not like it. And it wasn't right that I should give you halal food because you're not a Muslim. So I bought the food from a Christian butcher. And I was very grateful of that man. But some people are so greedy that they just eat this food because it's available from takeaway shops. And another thing we should be very careful of, that Jezebel advocated there was nothing wrong in eating food sacrificed to idols. So that's another thing about you. So now you're getting a picture of Jezebel, sexual immorality, division, opposing the hierarchy of the church, using seduction, using temptation. And you get this idea now that she advocated sex outside marriage. She advocated food sacrifice to idols. Hallelujah. This also raises the question whether or not that the sexual immorality is literal, physical, or a metaphor for spiritual unfaithfulness and idolatry, because she was certainly guilty of all those things. Hallelujah. Jezebel used to get people to yield to sexual temptation. Now, can a man have a Jezebel spirit? Well, I think a man probably has an Ahab spirit, where he is weak, weak in the word of God, weak in the Bible, weak in God's laws, and weak in the fact that he doesn't take control of his household. We believe that to be true. Let's have a look at Romans 1, verse 18. Hallelujah. We hope you've liked this today because it's a different teaching. And remember this, anyone who's got a Jezebel spirit, anyone's listening now who is hating me and sneering at me for what I've teached today, I don't mind, I'm quite welcome. You can ring me anytime you wish and we will speak over the phone. Listen to this, Romans 1 verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So if you hold the truth and the truth in you is unrighteousness, the wrath of God will come upon you. So how did this woman called Jezebel come to exert such incredible power over the lives of the Christians in Thyatira? Followers of Jesus to abandon their commitment to moral purity, engage in sexual immorality and other forms of compromise. Hallelujah. She did it because she was good at making prophecy sound real. She had a supernatural prophetic-like ability that didn't come from God. She was energized by a demonic power rather than by the Spirit of God. And she was very good in her prophecy that people believed her, people followed her. And she was able to seduce them with her charms and with her power. If anyone's got a Jezebel spirit, you want to see the evil in them, tell them they're wrong. Tell them that what they believe in is against the will of God. And you'll see 
the difference in them. They will try and discredit you. They will try and turn other people against you. They will do that. They will do that. That's what they do. They do it all the time. I believe that the Jezebel spirit is one that displays manipulative and evil tendencies that manifest in this woman of Thyatira and that spirit is still in the world today and manifests itself in certain people that are in the church. It is the most heinous abuse of a prophetic gift. I always say to people, if you're not sure about any prophecy you're going to talk, keep quiet. You have to be absolutely sure. I've heard some ridiculous prophecies. I've heard people claim that Jesus has come back in the past. People have said, I remember a man who used to predict many Octobers ago, it was about 10 years ago, he was predicting Jesus was coming back. And the people were full of it. They all rushed to him. They wanted to touch him. They wanted to hold his hands because they believed that he was telling the truth. You've got to be accountable to normal rules of ethical behavior if you are a Christian. On occasion, a person with a Jezebel spirit will claim to have a revelation that trumps scripture. What do you mean it trumps scripture? It's greater than everything that is written about in scripture. Hallelujah. Many people do that today about the Antichrist. Many people do this today about the second coming of Christ. You have to be absolutely sure that what you're speaking comes from God. Hallelujah. Religious prestige is one of the things that the Jezebel spirit will operate under. She gets herself in a position in the church. She may do many things within the church. She may be a youth leader. She may be a Sunday school teacher. She may be a worship leader. She gets herself in a position of religious prestige. So it would appear that she's an anointed woman of God. Hallelujah. Once she does this, she will then use what people think is an anointing from God. She will use that ability to draw in people. Now, usually she will draw in people who are vulnerable, people who are searching searching for answers, she will draw them in and she will give them the answers they want to hear. I pray that all of you in these churches where you think such a woman is will have discernment. You will have discernment. The spirit of Jezebel was not unique to the church of Thyatira. It is alive and well in the body of Christ today. Only need to read the latest headlines. It is an insidious yet subtle spirit. It is destructive yet enticing. It gains momentum amongst those who are so fearful of quenching the spirit. That's another thing that Jezebel will say to you. She will tell you not to quench the spirit. Hallelujah. She'll use this scripture against you. 
Hallelujah. Let's have a look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19. It says, quench not the spirit. She will use that against you to try and keep you in your place. Abstain from all appearances of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be reserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way we must deal with the Jezebel spirit. I hope that you have liked that teaching. I'm going to pray now for anyone under the influence of this spirit. Lord, I pray today for any man or woman in any church, in anywhere in the world that have come under the influence of the Jezebel spirit. We rebuke, we bind, we cancel, we destroy, we cast down and we cast out now the Jezebel spirit. And we pray now that you will pour down an anointing of discernment upon all these people have been found vulnerable to this spirit. Give them discernment, Lord, that they will recognize the work of evil which is taking place in their churches, in their house groups, even in their places of work or in their neighborhood. We come against the blasphemy of the Jezebel Sprint, the profanity, the sexual immorality, the control, the domination. And we break it all now in the name of Jesus. We break every demon. We break every evil spirit. We break Satan's influence on all these people. And we pray that they be delivered now. And they go back to the word of God and read the truth and preach the truth. This day and forever. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen powerful word today if you're just joining us we're excited to be here with pastor michael cummins every uh wednesday same time same channel brother michael i want you to uh give out your contact information how do people reach you in your ministry and how can they support it well you might have heard the phone go during the the program and i do apologize oh no worries for the phone i should have turned it off but i forgot it was my mistake but that was people ringing me for prayer and you can ring me on 07469-235351 if you want personal prayer. You can contact me at the church I pastor, which is Kilburn Christian Fellowship. And that's 2 Aldershot Road. And that's Kilburn, which is London Northwest 6 2LG. And if you uh, wish to contact me, you can contact me. Uh, by email. My email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, frame Cummins, 123 at AOL.com. And also there's a Skype address if you want to contact me on my Skype address. It's Janice, which is J-E-N-I-C-E, Janice369. You can contact me on that Skype address. If you wish to make an offering to the ministry, and of course, I would ask you to make an office and support Shannon and Amiga Man Radio whenever you can.
But if you wish to support me, I do have a Skype uh, address, which is on my email account. So PayPal address, you mean, me. right? PayPal? Pay, PayPal address. Yes. My, forgive me. I do have a PayPal address on my email account if you wish to support me. Give that you know, PayPal email address out again, please. Well, my email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummings, all one word, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. That is where my PayPal address is. So should you wish to support me. Okay? And uh, it's, it's a pleasure being with you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I'll find something really, really well to speak of next week. Next week's Holy Week. And uh, as you know, we're coming up to Good Friday, wonderful times, and Easter Sunday when we celebrate the risen Lord. Hallelujah. So God bless you all, and thank you so much for listening. Praise God. Brother Michael, what would you like to title the episode for the archive today? Just the Jezebel spirit, please. All right. Powerful teaching today. And my friend, we're really honored to be here with you. We love you and appreciate you, and thank you for the work that you're doing here. Uh, for the body of Christ and for all that are tuning in. Wherever you may be tuning in from, you're welcome here. Um, see you next week, same time, brother? See you next week, same time. And my apologies again for the phone ring. Brother, listen, uh, you don't have anything to apologize. Um, all right. You would have heard noise in my background had the kids been here. So uh, <laughs> uh, don't worry. It's all good. You did a great okay. job. See you soon, brother. See you soon. Thank God you, brother you. Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, as Brother Michael was doing the teaching today, I'm thinking about all those out there who are considering sex changes. You know, if you're a man out there and you want to be a woman, you can have your balls whacked off and your male member open up like a banana peel. That's what they do, and then they turn it inside out. But you're still a male, will never be a female, or vice versa. It's impossible to change your sex no matter how hard the demons inside try. Stop the insanity. Get deliverance before the spirit of Jezebel cuts off your loins and turns you into a eunuch. That's my counsel for you tonight. Praise God. And I believe that's uh, at work there. That spirit of Jezebel wanting to turn men into women. Spirit of sexual confusion. Rejection spirits. Um, this is sickness and what's sick is people know this is wrong and yet they try to accommodate people and there'll be someone called a, a man and it's actually a woman and a, they call this um, man a woman and he's actually a man and this is confusion and people willingly who go along with it that's insanity you don't really love people when you do that. In fact, uh, I think it's hate speech. You're either male, you're female, or you're demon-possessed. That's really the only options there. And this is love speech, speaking the truth. Any other pronoun is hate speech. And folks, we have to stand up for, for the Word of God because the enemy is standing against us and wants to force it down your throat. 
their doctrines of demons and want you to not only accept it, but also become like one of them. It's time to stop the insanity, folks. And there is a, a great audio Terry Cook sent me by Tucker Carlson called The Trans Movement is Targeting Christians. We'll play it another time, but I did put it up on my Facebook wall. And you know what? We're not doing anybody a favor when we're trying to be politically correct or we don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, it's love to speak the truth because hell is real. So is a lake of fire. If we do not speak the truth so people can escape hell and be saved by the Lord Jesus Christ because we don't want to offend them or we want to be politically correct, we don't want to rock the boat, I believe we will be held accountable. If you die in Christ, you're still going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We'll give accounting why we didn't stand up for the truth and people died in their ear. Many will perish if we don't begin to speak the truth and stand up for what is right. Let the chips fall where they may. That's my micro-sermon. Folks, we'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. What a minute. Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. Excuse me. We'll be back tonight. I'm sorry. Thursday and Friday. We've got some great shows coming up for you tonight, tomorrow, and the next day. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. And uh, every week, same time, same channel, we're going to have Michael Cummins on. God bless you all. See you next time. Go to my website, omegamanradio.com.